Ahmed, welcome, my friend. I uh, I appreciate your time today. Where in the world are you? I'm actually home in New York uh, for a change, which is nice. Uh, I just got yeah. back uh, yesterday. I flew. Uh, where did I go? Actually, I went from Kishinev, Moldova. So I was in Odessa, Ukraine, and then went overland. It's about two hours to the border, and then another two hours to the airport, and then from Kishinev, Moldova, you can fly to different places. I flew to. Um, to London and then drove and then flew from London here. You must have a lot of frequent flyer miles after uh, after all these uh, all this time over the years here. So hopefully you at least get some extended leg room or something like that after. Uh, your yeah, time there. The, my uh, the luxury I do indulge in is definitely <laughs> flying flat with nobody next to me. <laughs> exactly. Well, you've uh, you know we've known each other now for a while and. Uh, You've recently, like, while you're over in Ukraine, and, and we'll get more into that, but you've sent me these, like, crazy videos, um, you know, from behind enemy lines. And so I'm just, like, curious. The first thing that popped in my head to ask you is, like, what goes gets into, like, in your mind when you're, like, when you're behind enemy lines? Like, you sent me a video of a Russian helicopter getting shot down, and you can hear it. You're, you're right there. Like, what, what, what's going through your mind? Uh, you know, I think it's one of those things where you're like, uh, you're not actually thinking about how crazy the situation you're in is. Uh, and then afterwards, you're like, what was I, why was I, how did I do that? Why was I there? Yeah. Um, you know, recently I was, um, I was on the way to visit uh, a howitzer group and uh, you could hear, you know, basically we're sort of in the middle of the battlefield and that you could hear artillery fire from both sides and we actually got it was a heavy armored vehicle and we got stuck in the mud <laughs> so I, I was trying to think like after that like was i like freaking out but i wasn't you know you're just like you just gotta get what you have to get done and and, and move on right so uh so actually your mind is clear and you're just hyper focused i mean i suppose it's like uh tom or joe montana like with five 280 pound guys coming right after him, and they just somehow to find a way to thread the needle or something you know like I, I, you know something like that you're just uh hyper focused and you're just trying to you know deliver whatever supplies you're supposed to be delivering etc yeah and just to stay on the uh, ukraine for a minute it's it was interesting like and this is from my perspective here all comfortable in the u.s but the it just seems like these the the people there and whether you're, they're people on the front lines to the you know people um you know in the cities is just as far as like the morale just seems so high like where does that come from in the people? Tell us about the people of Ukraine and, and why, like, at least it's coming across as, like, they're going to fight to the death to, like, defend their thing. Where, where does that come from? And, like, tell us about the culture. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. because I, I, And I'm glad it, it comes across to you because I guess you're you're reading deeply into this stuff because some people just don't see it. And uh, there's often Russian propaganda, you know, saying the opposite. But there is a very deep society that's very proud, um, not extremely nationalistic, but very proud um, on an individual level of their society, their language, their culture, their arts, and and they will fight to the death to protect it. They want to protect their language, which is under uh, attack. They want to protect their culture, their history, which is under attack. So every single Ukrainian essentially wakes up in the morning, if they sleep at all at night, thinking, how do I help this effort to get, you know, the Russians out of my country? Um, we don't want to live in what's called the Russian world, which is a, a philosophical thing um, that the Russians put out, their, their view of the world. And the Ukrainians sort of 
prefer to live, you know, in, in, in our version of the world, the American version of the world, not that they, you know, not that they were perfect, but I mean, it's more much better than the alternatives and they just want to be free really. And uh, that's why the United States is somehow a, a sort of guiding light to many Ukrainians, um, the idea of freedom. But yeah, the there's a society um, and they sort of self-organize solutions to whatever problems there are um, and they work together. Uh, you know, some I've, I've been with people who've never met each other and meet for the first time and literally uh, work together to solve really complex problems in you know minutes. Um, so it's a, it's a single single purpose. Um, you know, everyone wakes up with the same purpose. Um, we just really need to get you know the, we need to win this war or get the Russians out of our country and uh, go back to living our normal lives. Um, so that's it's 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 really deep, and I think. You know, I, mean, I suppose you, you'd probably have to be a, some sort of a sociologist to really understand. Um, but I, I guess it comes from, you know, years and years of being under threat from a much larger neighbor. Um, but they have a unique culture, unique, unique, unique set of foods, unique set of uh, music, and they just want to protect them. That's wild. Well, right before this uh, interview, I was, I was telling a friend I was about to uh, interview you and and it was asking who you are, and I, and I was like, I, the best way to describe you is like, I like he is he is the most interesting man in the world. Like it's ah, like it is uh, like it, it's wild, it, and you know the most charitable person, all this. And so, like, can you just take us to the beginning and you know, in you know, high level? But let, let's just tell us about your background. You know, going through school at Wisconsin, and just give us a little background. Well, I, I grew up, uh, I was born and raised in uh, northern suburbs of New York, just outside the city, and I uh, went to school in Wisconsin, um, which is a you know big liberal arts school, great sports program, great research institution, and great professors. Uh, you know, but I think probably as a child, I wanted to live most of my life, you know, sort of in the world. Um, and that was enhanced in Wisconsin. In the out of school, I worked uh, in Washington. Uh, for the U.S. government, the Clinton administration. Um, then I decided I wasn't really the office guy, so I wanted to get out in the world. And my first sort of um, stay overseas was in Africa and Rwanda after the genocide. I worked in the refugee camps there. Um, and that was for, you know, the large international institutions. And during that process, I sort of figured out I wanted to do this kind of work, but I kind of wanted to do it myself, you know, when, like where I was running the show. Um, rather than be part of bureaucracy. Um, so I set this, I just, in my head, I'm like, I gotta make some money one of these days. <laughs> and so, so as a as a kid, I was like a uh, sort of um, investor, right? Like I was watching CNBC when I was like 10 or something, or FNN, <laughs> I think it was called back then. Um, and used to, I had, I had a brokerage account when I was, I think I was 14 or 15. So, but I never wanted to work at Wall, on Wall Street, like at Goldman or something. <laughs> Again, I don't like the office. So, uh, yeah. so I just started investing and um, I went back to work for uh, President Clinton after he left office and his foundation. So went around the world, uh, uh, raising money for his foundation. Of course, meeting a lot of uh, sort of business guys who, uh, who helped me with my investors, financiers, or who helped me with my uh, investments. <laughs> and so I really, like, I was pretty focused. I mean, there, you know, there's various, you know, high net worth people who like said that they wanted to do something for a specific reason. I think, I think Elon Musk said years ago, he, he 
he started PayPal so he could get to Mars or something like that. Um, so I, I literally wanted to make just a few bucks to, to be able to do humanitarian stuff um, the way I wanted to do it. Um, so I did, and then I just started, like, uh, not full-time, but probably, uh, you know, I was in the invasion of Iraq, which I was against, but I just tried to uh, sort of go and see if I could help um, as, a, uh, as, a, as a private citizen. Um, and then have helped Iraqi refugees, Syrian refugees, uh, recently did uh, evacuations of Afghans who had worked for the U.S. government after the U.S. government pulled out of Afghanistan. Um, so just, uh, and then and now, and now Ukraine. It's so, I know you, you, like, you don't, and it's interesting because people ask me about my relationship with Tom, but like, how do you just, how do you, how did that relationship with Clinton come about? Uh, I can't, at a school, I uh, started, uh, working on the campaign and then I uh, after that um, I uh, had various jobs in the administration so uh, it was that I mean I've known him since I was uh, 2020 <laughs> so, so it was like some kid uh, who works for me and then you know sort of he developed a relationship over the years and I guess he thinks I'm uh, he thought I was an okay guy so <laughs> so I was in and out I would leave come back leave come back go overseas yeah. do some job like I worked another two years in Kenya doing anti-poaching in the national parks. <laughs> so I like uh, I like uh, mixing it up. Well, it is funny you have like that. It you were saying like right like you have these unbelievable relationships with some of the the wealthiest and biggest names in the world, and it's like it, it's just funny that like I'm sure you, I don't know if you can put your finger on it right like why like all these people are so kind of attracted to you and, and come to you and and all that unless you can I, I don't know if there's a the reason you, you know no i don't know I, I um they asked me and uh, like i go back to wisconsin and do like some talks once in a while and i'm like i don't know uh i slept a lot at school <laughs> i missed a lot of classes i don't know if that was it but i think yeah. um i think in retrospect i think if it's uh if you do really interesting stuff people who do really interesting stuff like other people who do really interesting stuff like right you know i mean why do I know you? I mean, you, you do interesting stuff, right? Like, so there's that, there's that, there's that thing. I mean, I don't know, like it's, it's not like a closed club or something. I just think it's fascinating. Like uh, if you do the right thing and uh, you know, that there is that thing that it, people sort of uh, like that people of high achievement, like other people of high achievement, it's just the way it is. Right. Like, uh, yeah. and I think that's, um, and, and people who do different, different kinds of things. I mean, like I have, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I went back to Washington after being two years in Rwanda and I was at some kind of event at the White House. There were all kinds of like high-end people and I was, you know, 24, 25. And I noticed like, I, you know, there were very smart people there who were working in government. But when I was like, yeah, I just lived two years in a tent in Rwanda, people were like, ah, I got to know you, <laughs> like, you know, you wouldn't think that because I mean, there were obviously people right. who had much better career tracks than I did. It was yeah. it was interesting, right? Like so the people at the highest level, I think they have a they have a different level of what they find interesting, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. The one thing I uh, you know one of the best things I love about playing field is this community here that supports each other and what everybody else is up to. So I want to make sure we like we just run this through because it is a long list, but Tell us about the the foundations, the nonprofits that you're involved in that you've started. We'll make sure to link it link to each one, but just give us a like give us a little overview of all the different ones in there. So just the things that that the community here can actionably help support. Well, I mean, you know, first off, uh, thanks for doing this, and then second off, since it is 
you know, since the audience is is very high level, I mean, it's the kind of thing that I would just love to, you know, if someone has any time, I'd be happy to speak with anyone because it's 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 kind of the thing that um, would take some time to understand and uh, and figure out where someone might want to plug in. But essentially, I have two foundations: one that I started in my dad's name, which is called the Zaka Khan Foundation, and then one in my name, the Ahmed Khan Foundation. And they're both New York based five hundred one c threes. I don't do a lot of, uh, I don't really do a lot of fundraising or anything like that. I mean, essentially I, I self-fund most of the stuff, but of course, you know, high-end friends are like, how can I help? And then I'll okay. sort of point them in a direction that someone asked me to do in Ukraine. So look, um, you know, the United States government is, is Ukraine by far our biggest benefactor for obvious reasons. And, but it's, you know, it's, it's very high level stuff, uh, you know, heavy weaponry, and big machines, et cetera. So the humanitarian situation leaves a lot left to do for people who want to help out, right? And so what we do is we go, I go around the country, you know, meeting people and finding out what do they need, you know? So whether it's individuals, civilians, military, military families, um, you know, I've evacuated um, families of uh, currently serving military. I've evacuated military uh, members who've lost limbs, you know, sort of for prosthetics. Um, we buy drones for the army, we buy uh, generators, uh, winter gear, clothes. Um, I've taken advantage of a lot of uh, discounts online at Under Armour and uh, Columbia and LLB <laughs> North Face <laughs> and Merrill. Um, you know, it's, uh, we, we buy a lot of stuff, but there's a lot to do, right? Like you could plug in anywhere you want. Like I rebuilt uh, orphanages that were destroyed by Russian rockets, uh, which were easy to do, right? Like a, not a lot of money um, because everyone volunteers their time and you buy the raw materials really cheap. Uh, you know, I wouldn't expect everyone to come on over and uh, and do this uh, all day and all night. I don't, you know, I'm just like, I'm just probably nuts. But um, but uh, there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot, a lot to do. Um, up and down, you know, all over the country, you know, people are without power. So we figured out, you know, there are various, these power generation stations, there's solar, there's diesel, you know, and I just find them and buy them and send them over or bring them over with my, with me or have some of my staff uh, here in New York, bring them over or send them over. So there's, there's you know, like it's, uh, it's heartbreaking. Essentially the ends are, the, uh, the needs are endless. Um, and I just try to fill them on an individual sort of level. Yeah. And so where do you, it might be a tough question, but where do you think this kind of desire to help others came from? Is it your parents? My parents. Yeah. It's my parents. They were both uh, sort of public servants uh, working in the New York school systems. Um, And uh, my dad actually was a teacher for uh, inner inner city New York kids who had actually been thrown out of the New York city public school system. And (laughs) so really, really, really tough kids. And, uh, he somehow had a way of reaching him and used to bring him home. Our neighbors would go bananas. <laughs> and uh, so it's definitely, definitely my parents. And I, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, I guess somebody told me I was like, like an addict, like going into dangerous situations and helping people. <laughs> I guess it's better than gambling or something. Some of the other vices. Yeah. <laughs> I still like to gamble. But <laughs> I guess both of them, it depends on the outcome, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully I don't get blown up, but um but yeah, no, I do like I'm, I'm. I've been home for 24 hours, and I'm basically itching to get back there. Um, because you know, I think what it's 
it's freedom at stake, right? Like you grow up reading books and watching movies about World War One and World War Two and these kind of like big kind of issues and say, oh, those guys were heroes. And uh, and then you get a chance to be a part of it. So it's it's really it's really amazing. And I do feel like I'm, I'm you know we're we're part of something really really big. It's like uh, it's a uh, it's an adversary that has a different view of the world. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, the Ukraine thing has been going on since their independence. And now it's, you know, it's a hot war, but essentially since their independence 30 years ago, it, it's been, you know, it's, it's been bubbling up. Yeah. Is there a moment in all your travels, not just in Ukraine, throughout your, all these dangerous places you've been to, like a one moment that sticks out where you were just like, you will never forget this one moment. Like, is, is there something like that or is there a, it's hard to narrow it down. They're literally every day. And I say, I say to people, is someone writing this down or does anyone have a camera on or something? <laughs> because literally yeah. every day some crazy thing happens, which was really like, that's a once in a lifetime thing. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and literally we get together after and they're like, Do you, does anyone remember that thing that happened yesterday? And nobody remembers. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, you know, uh, I would guess the first, the first time, I was sort of away from home and overseas and on my own um, was again, just in the Rwandan refugee camp. So probably that would be like the moment that sticks out the first time, let's say I saw, you know, not to get too graphic, but you know, bodies like floating down a river, you know, who had been you know, killed by, you know, some evil doers um, that sticks out in my head and uh, especially kids. Uh, and, you know, that, that, was probably the impressionable moment. Mm. But literally every day some crazy thing happens. <laughs> You're like that. You don't see that that often. <laughs> yeah. Well, with, with all this, you know, helping others travel and just busy and just all the things you just said you're seeing every day, like, how do you find, like, how do you find balance for yourself? Like, how uh, there's do you no balance. reset it's, yourself? There's absolutely there's no, no balance. balance. <laughs> yeah. So how balance. do you get comfortable with no balance then? Like, how do you get comfortable? Like, is it, you I just... know, I've probably always been like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've probably always been. I, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. It's not very healthy. <laughs> do you just laugh at people that are, like, talking about finding balance in their life? And all no, that I think that's like... a good thing. It's probably what everyone should be doing, right? Like, there's, like, a work-life yeah. balance or something. That's very, that's very important. Um, yeah, it's not what it's not what I do, unfortunately. Like I, you know, like it's that Liam Neeson thing, like the specific, very specific set of skills that in the movie. Like I have this set of skills where I can get into dangerous places and help people who no one else can get to, right? Like so, I feel like it would be like a, again, it would be like a, you know. Like a great cornerback uh, uh, going home, like in the twenty in their twenties. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. a couple guys have done it. But, you know, like it seems like you should be doing yeah. it. Like it seems like I should be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, talking sports. Last question here. Like, so you recently sent me, uh, you know, some photos. Some Ukrainian soldiers wearing giant jerseys. Talk to us about like how sports play into all your, you know, all you have going on. And like, you know, I know I know you're a sports fan. And so, how does it like connect with what you have? Yeah. Well, I mean, number one, I'm a huge sports fan from childhood, right? Like, so yeah. uh, with the military and with civilians, you're just always trying to keep morale up to, to like someone cares about you, someone from the outside, someone from far away, someone from New York um, yeah. cares about you. And, and uh, so I just came up with this idea. Actually, I got uh, I came up with this idea to get personalized Giants and Jets jerseys, because when you're overseas, uh, 
I guess you're an American, but then you're like a New Yorker. But like I, I leave behind the Giants Jets uh, uh, rivalry. Uh, you know, so I, I'm like I'll represent New York, and uh, so I had this idea of having for for Ukrainian special forces and some and their kids like uh, personalized uh, NFL jerseys. And so yeah. uh, through a friend, I got a hold of Fanatics and uh, I placed an order and Michael Rubin comped the order. <laughs> and, uh, and and the guys were like, beyond belief, like, this is so cool. Like, you know, it's beyond, I mean, like I walk through Dick's Sporting Goods or whatever and you see like kids are really happy. These guys were happy on a different level. Like, oh my God, yeah. this is a New York Giants jersey <laughs> and it has my name on it and my number. Like, you know, it's really cool. So I do a lot of that actually. Um, um, you know, it's it's in the military. This is a big thing with morale patches, right? Like, so uh, morale is just a very, very important thing to keep up, and uh, you know, sports is a way to do that because everyone sort of, you know, they like sports. They're you know, active people, and uh, and 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 it's easy for them to uh, to they really get excited about it. So it's worked. So I've gotten you know, like uh, there are um, camo uh, Yankees hats and Mets hats and Giants and uh, Jets hats, yeah. jerseys and jackets. And I've sort of brought all that. So I keep bringing it over. And actually, every time I send over some, um, actually, I, uh, Fanatic sent me another bunch of uh, Giants uh, shirts. And uh, I sent, I brought them over. And the, la the next thing you know is like, hey, can you bring some more of those? That's really great. <laughs> And people yeah. like stop people on the street. They're like, "Where'd you get that?" I'm like, "Yeah, you can't get it." Like, it's uh, it's it's it's, it's awesome. fun because you're just trying to always to, you know, like it's rockets and missiles and and uh, and a 24 hour sort of blackout and the power doesn't work and your internet doesn't work all the time. So it's and and so you're just trying to figure out ways to keep people's morale up. And you know, it's they're up as you mentioned. They they they're like incredibly optimistic people, so they're incredible to be around. But, you know, like a little push doesn't hurt, right? And so this, the sports thing is, is fun. Yeah. It's just fun. It's funny, the power of sport. It's yeah, no, it's, it's really great, right? I mean, so now, like the guys I gave Jets jerseys to, like are Jets fans, and the guys I gave Giants jerseys to are Giants fans. So they'll call, like, uh, I got a bunch of calls, like a text uh, last night, and they're like, ah, rough game. <laughs> I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome it's really funny both teams had rough games yesterday you know and uh and they know about it like meanwhile they're like in the middle of fighting the workers hilarious. yeah yeah it's uh well listen goodell's getting his uh wish for this, spreading the gospel of the nfl internationally you know <laughs> all uh all places but uh we will make sure to include links to all your up to so the community here can support and, and and learn and learn more but it, it was awesome talking to you today and you know thank you for all you're doing to you know impact and how you're impacting the world and making the world a better place it, it's I, I say this not lightly but it, it, it thank you and uh stay safe out there thanks a lot ben i really appreciate it and again i'd, I'd be happy to speak with anyone uh, at any time to answer any questions about anything how anyone could help because it is very important that we get sort of uh people involved um the government's doing a pretty good job um uh, but in every individual particularly sort of high achieving individuals we need you know like ukraine looks to the united states as you know the the beacon of hope and freedom and so um the more sort of american individuals that can be involved um like you know tom seeing uh seeing the family in, uh, in, in Germany. I mean, that's, it's just incredible. It's just like a, like it touches 
not just them, but everyone they know. And you know, it's 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 so important. So the more people we can get, sort of, to be involved, and and that's just education again. So like, I'm happy to speak about all my experiences. I've been there just since since the beginning, since the invasion was February 24th. I've been there since the 25th, in and out, and I've been there over 200 days. So I, I and all through the country. So uh, happy to speak with anyone from the community. <laughs>